Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. Alex Ferrario and I'm Brandon Kylie. It's BK and Ferrario on 101 ESPN. Very happy to go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. The one and only Jeremy Offelt, three-time World Series champion and 14-year Major League pitcher joining us here on the show. Jeremy, thanks so much for the time today, man. How you doing? Do we have Jeremy Offelt here with us? We'll get we'll check on the connection. Sorry guys. Sorry guys, I'm here. You hear me? Yeah, no problem, Jeremy. How you doing today, my man? I'm good. How are you doing very well? So I was curious because you pitched in the National League West for some time there towards the end of your career with the Giants, won a few World Series with them. You got to see up close and in person what it's like to go against a guy like Nolan Arenado, who we are all in St. Louis very excited to watch this season. Uh, What can you tell us about what it's like to pitch to Nolan Arenado? Well, first, I would probably, if I'm the fans of St. Louis, I'm more than excited. I'm I'm ecstatic. I think you just put yourself in a pretty good position to be the front runners for that division, you know, especially with Goldschmidt and Arenado, and, and you, you're getting quite a lineup there. Um, but I, I, I can tell you with Arenado, it's not just the offense, it's the defense. He, the guy's a vacuum. He, I mean, he's pretty unbelievable. In fact, he's probably in my from all that I've seen in the in the playing years that I had, he was pro- he's probably the best third baseman I've ever seen. So uh, I, all the way around, hitting, fielding, um, his leadership skills, all that stuff, wanting to win, the drive to want to win is pretty good. Uh, he The Giants, obviously, he beat up the Giants quite a bit. I think he had more home runs against the Giants than he had against any team in the National <laughs> League West. And that's, not, and that's not just in Colorado. That's in San Francisco. That's in a really big ballpark. And that was before they brought the fences in. So... He's got the power, and I know a lot of people will. One of the things they've always questioned about a Colorado hitter is can they do it outside of Colorado? And I think if you look at his splits, you'll see he, it doesn't really matter. The guy's a pure hitter, and he can hit homers regardless of where 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 he's at. And uh, he just has the ability to adjust to pitchers. I think he's pretty smart. He he kind of thinks along with a pitcher. And then he can foul stuff off if he's wrong. You know, he has that ability to kind of keep himself alive, hoping you'll make that mistake. Uh, and so I, I just remember early on when that kid, uh, he was young. I think it was his first year, I think. And we were in extra innings, and I threw, I'm, I threw him a split. I mean, it wasn't a bad split finger. It was actually a pretty good split in Colorado. And it almost it dropped out of the zone like I wanted it. And he kept his hands back, and he flicked the ball right over short for a game-winning base hit. And at first I was like, you know, the kid's okay. He got lucky. <laughs> uh, and then you start to see him play and you're like, man, the guy just, 
he's just unbelievable. You know, he just, he's just a good hitter. He, he really is. He's, and he's not a good, you know, Colorado hitter. He's a good all-around hitter, and he's a very, very dangerous person to want to face, especially if he has protection in the lineup, which he'll have over there in St. Louis. Jeremy, I want to go back to the defense with Nolan Arenado. From a pitcher's perspective, when you not only have one of the best defensive third basemen in the game right now, but also the same with the first baseman and Paul Goldschmidt, what kind of comfort level does that give a, a guy on the mound when you know that those players are behind him? Well, it's pretty good. One, it, it, as a pitcher, you can see, okay, I, I can, I'm going to give, I'm going to try to create contact because what happens is when you have a first baseman, and I saw Brandon Belt was very good at it, obviously. Todd Helton was amazing. When you have a first baseman that can defensively play like a goldsmith and play first base well, what you have is the ability to, as a pitcher, I'm just going to try to create as much contact as possible because if my infielders can get to the ball, they can take the risk to try to throw him out. Where if you have a, a first baseman that, you know, kind of like just kind of a person you put there because offensively you need him, you don't have a DH in the lineup, you know, and so you got to stick him somewhere. You don't want to put him in the outfield. Put him at, a lot of times you like put him at first base. Well, the problem is your infield doesn't want to make risky throws because they don't know if he can pick it. And if they make a risky throw, there's an error. Now it's a double instead of a base hit, right? Because the guy on second base. And, and so for me, you see an Arenado, so if I'm a Wainwright, if I'm a lot of these other guys that I'm not going to be, one, afraid to pitch in consistently because I know if this hitter tries to cheat and he turns on it, we're going to have a pretty good third baseman that's not going to let, us, let a lot of things go by. Even balls right on the line. I mean, the, the, the coverage this guy has to his right is so incredible. I mean, if you see, see a lot of the plays that he's made just jump throwing from territory – and on the nose, like it's not barely getting there. I mean, it's hitting the first baseman in the chest. It's pretty awesome. And the stuff he can do by throwing from his knees and, and if he has to lay out for a ball where a lot of third basemen might eat it, he'll still make that attempt to throw it. And he can usually throw it in the air. And if he's going to put it on the ground and he has to hop it there a few times to try to get it there and speed up the ball, Goldschmidt's going to pick it. So you have so much – when you have defense on the corners like you have, like gold glove corner infielders – Match that with your most athletic guys in the mid infield. It makes it pretty for me. If I'm a sinker ball or I'm a ground ball pitcher, I'm gonna want contact, and 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 that's that's just what you're providing. And and Mazziliak provided that for his pitchers. He's telling his guys pitch to contact, throw as many strikes as possible because the guys I'm putting out there behind you, and the guy especially behind the plate, like everybody on that field can play their position with the best of the best. So don't, don't, don't try to, don't, don't be afraid of contact. You want them to put the ball in play because I have a really good chance of getting out defensively. So that's what you created in that situation. And Mo did a great job in doing that by getting those guys. Three-time World Series champion, 14-year Major League reliever, Jeremy Offel joining us here on 101 ESPN. Jeremy, when you have a guy like that, that you were just talking about, so talented as a defensive third baseman, for the manager, do you think that allows them to get a little bit more creative as well? With we've, we've all seen the advent of the shift in recent years kind of become more and more common. Do you think that you can do some more unique things when you have a guy like Nolan Arenado who can almost t- take up that entire left side of the infield if need be? Yeah, and I, I mean, I think I, I'm an anti-shift guy, so sure. like I, I am, I'm against I'm against the shift. But what I am 
What I am for is creating enough infield athleticism to where you can shade for you can shade guys that can recover when you've shaded them. So if you're shading an Arenado on the line and you want a no doubles, you know, defense where you don't want him to hit a double down the line and it goes and it goes to his left, he his ability to recover and get over there is really, really good. Or if you have him shaded to the left and the guy pulls it down the line on you, he can backhand those balls so well and make that throw. So you've created the ability where I don't have to overshift because what essentially what, what, what overshifting tells me is you don't trust your athleticism on your infield. And usually that's what you did. You, you, want, you want athletic guys that can move on your infield to recover because that way you give your pitcher a big enough advantage to say, I know if you throw the ball here, they're probably going to hit it in this area. But if you miss and they hit it eight feet to the left or right or where we have people, we have the athleticism to cover that. But when you overshift, you take away all the athleticism and you don't even allow your most athletic guys to be able to recover because they're too far out of position for someone that doesn't put the ball where they're supposed to put it, which, to be honest with you, relievers, if we were that good, we'd be starters. <laughs> so we're relievers because we can throw a strike and, like, hey, man, we'll throw the kitchen sink, but I'm not going to guarantee you I'm going to be able to hit my spot. I'm just going to throw it to where there's a strike called, right? So, And we have really good movement or we have a plus pitch somewhere. So I, I think that the more athletic you can create on the infield, you can stick with shading over shifting. And to me, that's pure baseball, and, and, and that is going to create just as many outs as a shift will. I mean, I, I don't buy any of the statistical advantages of a shift. You're all you're doing is saving a single. And if any of these hitters wanted to adjust for that and learn how to actually bunt, <laughs> if you want to take away my single because I'm a pull hitter and you move everybody to the right side, if I'm a lefty, I'm just going to bunt down third baseline and get a single anyway. So if hitters would learn to do that, you'd eliminate a lot of that. And, and for me, on some hitters, if you get a single, I win. I'm trying to keep you from hitting a homer, which no shift is going to defend. So I, I would rather just have guys shaded gives me a little bit more comfort to not have to make the perfect pitch to force a guy to hit it to the exact spot that you need that, that ball to be hit to. It's an awesome perspective. Jeremy, I'm curious from a player's perspective, you know, everyone in St. Louis right now is talking about the first spring training game coming on Sunday. That's always, I'm I'm sure a, a highly anticipated moment for a baseball player, but it seems like this season now more than ever, especially since last year was abbreviated. And then on top of it, they played an entire season with nobody in the stands. Yeah, I, I was excited, too. Um, I know there's still talk on the West Coast, especially about not having fans in the stands. I, I think it's very difficult mentally on these players to make them. They did it last year in an abbreviated season. To make them go 162 games plus the playoffs with no fans in the stands is going to be very, very difficult for some of these guys to just stay focused. And you know, I don't know how the Midwest or the East Coast is thinking. I don't know how St. Louis, I don't know if they're going to allow fans or not fans or allow some and not all. I don't know how they're doing it, uh, but I do know as a player and a fan to be able to see spring training starting on time is a very big deal, especially what happened last year. So, I, I mean, the excitement is there. The players, I'm sure, are excited to do it. Uh, they don't have to make tough decisions, hopefully, like not play or, or, or any of those things. I know those are some tough decisions that some players had to make, and teams had to adjust to some of their best players making that decision to not play. So I'm sure everybody, managers, GMs, teams, fans, are all excited to just have their guys on the field and, and playing and playing 162 games and, and watching some baseball. Uh, as all the trauma and the turmoil that's happened in this country 
uh, over the last year, the America's pastime is America's pastime, and there is a comfort knowing that there's baseball being played. And I think that's what this country needs is they need some sort of normalcy, some sort of like, ah, this just feels right. This feels no more normal in a really abnormal situation to have baseball starting at its normal time. So I'm, I'm pretty excited for that as well. A tough part about this though, as a, as a pitcher is getting those innings back. And it's something we've talked so much about Jeremy, especially with some of the Cardinals young pitchers, their starters in particular, how do you go from 40 innings in one year to ramping right back up to 180, maybe even more in 2021, I'm curious from your perspective, you, you did start some games, especially back early in your career with the Royals. What do you think that's going to be like for some of these starters who got 50, 60, maybe innings last year? Now they're expected to go back up to 180 plus. Yeah, I think it depends on who they are. I think there's a guy like, you know, like, like Wayno with Adam, it probably was good for him because he's a little older, right? So him having a, where he had to back up in innings might give him a little bit more recovery time. Some of these guys that are older, that recovery time to, to have more innings this year because they got a, they didn't put as much wear and tear on their arms. Some of the younger guys, I don't know if it'll set them back. Uh, it may a little bit, but if anything, if it, I don't know if it set them back arm strength-wise. Um, I'm sure teams were thinking about all those things as well. I think a lot of it might have got, for me, if anything, it's experience, right? It's having... 60 games or whatever, a hundred games less experience than they would coming into the season and, and having some learning experiences that they would have been exposed to in a full season. I don't necessarily think it'll harm them. I think if anything, it might've saved them. And I, and I don't know if some guys, I don't know how baseball played it this year with winter ball. I don't know if guys played winter ball or didn't play winter ball um, with this situation, but, but I, I do feel that it can be, it could have been, very helpful for some of these young kids that I don't know what their minor leagues were like, or these guys that were like, I played a lot of minor league ball and then I played winter ball trying to get to the big leagues and I had playoffs. And so I think it could have saved them. I think with, with your body, it's, you know, the athleticism is pretty impressive. And I think that if anything, you have the ability now, especially the way they run the game, the way they're running the game with these bullpens, you're going to have bullpen hmm. help. Uh, and they're not even letting some of these starters go past four or five innings regardless, which I think right. is absolutely just an atrocity to the game. But uh, I, I do feel like in some ways uh, it, it probably helped them, and it's going to keep their arm a little more fresh for this year. Uh, it was almost like a built-in DL time almost, or what do they call it now, IL, or yeah. whatever you have to call it. So like, like it's almost built in for that. Uh, so I, think it, I don't think it's going to do anything but probably help the situation physically. Jeremy, this has been awesome, man. I could talk to you for the next hour and we could talk about pitching. And yeah. I, I've got so many questions about, it. I mean, the Cardinals right now have like six dudes that are throwing 98, 99, hundred plus miles per hour. You could, you had some pretty darn good velocity back in the day. And now it seems like every team has like seven of those guys. I would love to get into that with you in the future. Crazy. We'll talk with you Crazy. again, all the best to you and my, and your family. And uh, we'll talk with you soon, my man, as we get some real baseball to hopefully be able to talk about again. Yeah, that'd be great. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Absolutely. It. That's Jimmy Offill joining us here on 101 ESPN. thought that was a really interesting perspective. We've now heard that from a few different guys who have said it, it might be a blessing in disguise for some of these pitchers to have had a little bit of time to you know rest and relax, get, get that arm back mm -hmm. to being 
if not 100% closer to that, because in a normal year, I mean, a lot of these guys are throwing at like 50, 60% as right. you get further into the dog days. I loved the shift perspective, too, on that, him talking about how, one, it's a joke, and we've heard a lot of people say that, but he's so right, too, in terms of the athleticism of your infielders. You're overcompensating, and for the Cardinals, I don't even think you need to shift anymore when you got a guy who can play the lines like Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt and then up the middle with Paul DeYoung and Tommy Edmond. And to his point, there's been some statistical data. The nerds have looked into this, and... <laughs> It's not even proven that it's actually the the positive thing to do in mm-hmm. terms of what saves you more runs. There's some real questions as to whether or not the shift is actually costing team teams runs right now. So that's something to look into as well. It's 118. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. The St. Louis Cardinals, the 16th best team in baseball. What, what wackadoo whack job had to say that? We'll talk about it coming up next on 101 ESPN.